Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 67 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel, and the entire band is back today. Hello, Peter. It's good to see you again. Hello there. It's good to be here after about three years away. Yeah, two years later. Doesn't look like he's on his deathbed, so that's good. He's finally sort of recovered from the illnesses that he had before. Todd, how are you tonight, sir? Good. Ready to roll. Me too. So unfortunately, Peter missed episode 66 because I felt like I had some stuff to add to the history for once. So I just want to go back because I thought this was super interesting about Ray Nitschke. When they were evaluating the 1959 roster, they had three of the four assistant coaches or whatever it is said that they wanted to trade Ray Nitschke. Here's what it says. Has physical ability, but cannot think. Will never be able to play for us. Trade him. That's assistant coach number one. Assistant coach number two, a real scatterbrain, but I believe if it were possible to play him more, he could be a good one, particularly as a middle linebacker. I think he's about as good a fourth linebacker as we can expect to get. The other two said that they should trade him. They basically said he was a clown. And I didn't know this, Peter, but you probably did. He was drafted as a fullback. Fullback, yeah. Any thoughts on Ray Nisky, even though it's episode 67? <laughs> well, and it, it, took, well it, and it took him a while to come through. Tom Bettis was the starting middle linebacker then, and Tom Bettis started in 1960, and it wasn't really until 61 that, that Nitschke really fully won that starting middle linebacker spot. So it took a while, and um, of course, he nicknamed himself the judge because he was always on the bench. Um, huh. It was it was one of those, took him a couple, two, three years to, to fully come through, but what a great career. Hall of Famer. And now it's episode 67, Peter, which might be the worst fucking number ever in the history of Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so we will let you dive into this mediocrity that is the number 67 and teach us something. Quite a few players have worn it, but not many have worn it for very long. Todd picked out Carl Swank, who tackled, who wore it in the early 80s. Billy Ard, who was a free agent, plan B free agent pickup in the late 80s, who won a Super Bowl with the Giants, played for the Packers for a couple of years, but not many 67s at all. So I thought I would delve back a little bit. And there was a guy that was drafted by the Packers in 1955 that wore 67 for one year. Only played two years for the Packers, but would come back as the Packers' defensive coordinator in the 1980s, Hank Buller. And Buller was quite a significant defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL. He was one of the first to run the 3-4 defense, 70s at New England, and then coached a bit in Cincinnati under Forrest Gregg when they got to the Super Bowl in the early 80s. Was head coach of the Bills, not a very successful head coach for the Bills, unfortunately, and then had five years with the Packers as defensive coordinator in a couple of spells, two top 10 defenses, was credited with the progression development of Tim Harris, known as the doctor of defense, was quite a guy. And he was one of those guys that had 
in press conferences, in media conferences and stuff, was one of those guys who was known for coming out with very funny quotes. It certainly seemed funny at the time. So there's a couple that I've made a note of. them. The first one was um, talking about the upcoming team that they were about to play. He said, we're going to take the sails out of their wind, was one of his quotes, rather than the wind out of their sails. And, and the other one was when he was head coach of, of the Bills and they were terrible in the, in the mid-80s. So that's kind of pre-Jim Kelly and all of those guys. He said, we keep beating ourselves, but at least we're getting better at it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, he was, uh, like I say, significant figure, Packers defensive coordinator for five years. So I thought we'd just have a little bit of a tangent this year as we struggled with this week, as we struggled with number 67 and Hank Buller. Doctor of defense. Good guy. Again, the only 67 I could think of was Gray Rugemer, and he was terrible, too. Yeah, he sucked. <laughs> That's all I had. I couldn't think of anyone else. Peter did, well, before we went on, was talking about that Jake Hansen has 67, so apparently he's just going to be one in a long line of shitty 67s and may never see the field as a Green Bay Packer. Let's put it like this. If you ever get drafted by the Packers, you're not taking 67. I right? Number. right? 100%. All right. So thanks to Rhonda and all the folks at r Management and Dwight at DDGCustoms.com. Man sent me a picture of the shoes, and I will put them on the Twitters. He did represent the average cheese, so there is some average cheese on the sneaker as well, oh, really? and they are very close to being done. Fuck. Now I want them. <laughs> you can reach out to him. Customs.com. Yeah, and I'm kind of disappointed to, that you haven't yet noted that both Todd and I are wearing our average cheese T-shirts. Right. They are spectacular. Also <laughs> made by Dwight at DDGCustoms.com, by the way. <laughs> that guy does everything, man. You both look amazing. <laughs> I'm like the one kid doing his own thing. Loser. All right. Uh, you can get a hold of us at AVG Cheese on Twitter. And you can also email us avgcheese at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. And in 17 days, we'll have a website that Peter's going to build. Because <laughs> he said he would get it by 2022. And that's coming up quick. So I can't look. I really am looking forward to that, Peter. Thank you for Saying those things, even if you didn't. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. But that, was, <laughs> but that was pre my booster jab, so who knows? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so who knows what's going to happen now. But yeah, we also have 762 followers on Twitter now that Todd has joined the ranks, is now the director of social media for The Average oh, Cheese. Yeah, we got to get a job board because I'm not doing all this shit. <laughs> we, got, we got some openings. We have openings and they pay absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You just get our love and appreciation and not always that. Right. <laughs> if it sucks, you will not get appreciation. You will just get verbally berated by both of us. Is that a word? Berated? I don't know. Berated? Berated? It felt yeah. right. Did you just turn on the lights, Todd? What the heck happened there? You get the power off in your building? I have lighting issues, obviously. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, let's talk some slices. Peter, did you see the Aaron Rodgers doppelganger yeah. that they showed? That's yeah. not Aaron Rodgers doppelganger Doppel I know. Twitter. No. So that's like Aaron Rodgers doppelganger doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, now I'm now I'm confused. Explain. <laughs> there is a guy on Twitter who whose handle I don't know if his handle is that, but his name is Aaron Rodgers doppelganger. He looks very similar to Aaron Rodgers, and it was not the guy they showed oh. on the screen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was nuts. That guy looked like you know, like yeah. he was time machine backwards <laughs> and forwards. You ever see those shows? Or like, don't what? watch yourself, or you're going to ruin history. It looked exactly like Aaron Rodgers. He was wearing a 12 jersey, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, I think him. he was. Yeah. That was crazy. What that's like just walking around Lambo, like in the atrium and shit. <laughs> you know, like before the game and stuff, people must be like freaking the fuck out every time. We- How we many pictures that- do you think that guy took that day? Oh, God. Hundreds. Yeah. With his, sh- with his shoe off. Yeah. They were like, Aaron, did you get your hair cut? Because you're not looking <laughs> quite as greasy today. Right. You look kind of good, Aaron Rodgers, doppelganger number three or whatever. Yeah, I followed one of them on Twitter. I don't know who the hell it was, but. Yeah, the doppelganger. You should have him on sometime. He's a pretty good dude. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. That's his real name. It's not Aaron Rodgers, doppelganger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was. (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, our buddy Rashawn Gary did not have a sack in this game. Right. And remains at six and a half. That's right. Really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get there. How many how many games left? There are what they're ten and three now. Is that right? So there's four yeah. games left. Yeah. He's yeah. a sack per game. Yep. To do it. Have you looked up how to eat paper successfully yet? I have not. I don't know the proper way to prepare a sheet of paper. To eat, but who knows? It he might not get it. Might be nine and a half. Shut your whore mouth. I, I went. I went to look it up, and it said, "Don't eat paper." <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's only got to the end of this year. Then that. Then that whole thing is off the table, right? Yeah, it's his rookie contract, right? It's in, it's done at the end of the year. He didn't fulfill it. Sorry. Okay. Across the whole of the contract, you meant? Well, how many more years? <laughs> Isn't he in a contract year? I don't think so. No, he he's was drafted in 2019, so this is just his third year. Yeah, so uh, he's probably, and he might have a f- fifth year. All right, I'll give him another year. Well, he might have a fifth I'll year. Give his, I'll give him his rookie contract, yeah. Okay. It was, it was 10 sacks in total, though, wasn't it? He's already got No, it's in, it's in a season. <laughs> in a season. Well, Jawan Winfrey was called up from the practice squad. Is that fucker going to return kicks and punts or something? Like, I wonder what he's up for. No, because St. Saint Turd got a, a concussion. Malik yeah, Taylor's got ribs or something. They don't have anyone. Yeah, because Mo Drayton kicked him in the ribs. Like, get the fuck out of here. I hope so. Why are you out here still? I'm going to get fired. Yeah. Those of you and everybody else. But we'll get to that later. I don't know. <laughs> I'll see Brown got a concussion. Can he return kicks and punts? Because I'm I'm there for it. Why not give him a shot? Oh, we'll well, get, let's talk about that we'll, later. We'll get into that. There's plenty of that to come. Did you guys see this is not Packer related, but this is a slice that wasn't in there. Michael Strahan went into space. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to the pregame on Fox on the radio and I was doing work and I was like, what? Yeah. That's awesome. I would throw up all over the rocket. So that's never happening for me unless they <laughs> knock me out. But that's super cool. That They'd have to like knock you out. And then I don't think they're actually in space very long. Uh, probably not. He they, went up with the Amazon guy, right? Yeah. Bezos or whatever. Yeah, Bezos. Yeah. 
Peter, isn't there a guy in the UK who's like, is it the Virgin Atlantic guy or something that's trying Richard to get Branson, in space? Branson, yeah. Has he yeah. been in space too? Um, I don't know whether he's been or not. He's been, He's got Virgin Atlantic or Virgin Airspace or Virgin Enterprise or Virgin who knows what. But yeah. Yeah, he's doing Tesla dude too. Yeah, Elon Musk yeah. got SpaceX. Yeah. All those rich dudes with nothing to do with their money. They're just going to try to load on rocket ships. Yeah. I feel like there's a phallic reference in there somewhere, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Before we talk Packers and Bears, a short public service announcement from our friend, Jamie Cheesebutt. Hey, it's Jamie Cheesebutt. Last year, I partnered with the Salvation Army to fundraise money for one of their community centers located in the heart of Los Angeles. I want to make this an annual tradition, and the LA Redshield has given me the opportunity to give back to my community. The Salvation Army holds a very special place in my heart because it helped my family so much growing up, as they have done for millions of others. The Redshield is a community center that serves youth, family, and the senior population in the Pico Union area in Los Angeles. Families have access to social services, sports training, fitness classes, English classes, performing arts, tutoring, and so much more. One of the programs that they offer is a Children's Mariachi Academy. I have decided to raise funds for this program to provide more opportunities for the kids to get closer to their culture and grow their talents through music. Your money will help fund scholarships, buy instruments, books, and uniforms for these children that bring smiles to many with their performances. To motivate you to donate for every $5 you donate, you get answered for a chance to win a jersey. That's $5 for one entry, and the more you donate, the more chances you have to win. The link is in my bio on both my Instagram and Twitter at Jamie No Last Name. That's J A M I E No Last Name. Thank you to Average Cheese Packers Podcast for letting me share this great cause with their amazing listeners. Go Paco. Let's talk Packers Bears. Peter, let's start with you. We always do the good, the bad, and the ugly, so we'll let you head on with the good. One thing that was good in this game against the Bears. Um, Aaron Rodgers. I think that the week before last, it felt like he played one of his best games of the season. I think it's quite possible that he played his best game of the season against the Bears. And some of those passes were unbelievable. That one that he threw to Lazard down the left sideline, in between, well, over the top, just over the fingertips of one defender. There was about three other defenders around there. Unbelievable. I mean, it's not the type of pass you want to see him being th- having to throw too often, but <laughs> unbelievable. I just thought generally, you know, he mixed it up, threw the long ball, dumped it over the middle, dumped it off to the backs. I thought it was just, we saw the slump pass into Lazard. I just thought that it was quite possibly Rogers' best performance of the season and possibly his best performance even back beyond that. But it was really, really good. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. That was definitely his best game of the season. What was the pass where it was like a misdirection? He was rolling right and he threw it all the way across. Who, who was that to? To Jones, right on the touchdown. That, was that to Jones. That pass was ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. And I, I felt that the Packers' offense, uh, Mike Good, was again. Uh, th- they seem to be pulling this off every single game. They had ten more minutes of time of possession in this game too, so they were able to control it when they needed to. So. That was my good. Lots of Dude. lots of good. I really th- I, I felt like Liz- like the other standout too was Lazard. I mean, you know what you're going to get from Devonte Adams, but like Lazard's been really quiet this year, and all of a sudden it just reminded me. I'm like, fuck, why don't they keep going to this guy? Where has he been all year? 
He's so sure-handed. You know, when he catches the ball, it looks very sure-handed. He doesn't bobble it around. It's like it just gets in there real snug and tight. So I thought he played a great game. To go back to the Rodgers thing, for me, if you watched the game last night with Arizona, you see the difference between Aaron Rodgers, the best thrower of football ever, and Kyler Murray, who is also a very good quarterback, trying to do the exact same thing, just throw it over that linebacker. And Murray threw picks doing that. Whereas Rodgers puts it exactly where it needs to be. You don't want other guys throwing that pass because it's dangerous. Whereas Rodgers puts it where it exactly has to be. If you're off by six inches or a foot, that's an interception, just like it was for Kyler Murray. So, yeah, that was a crazy good throw. And I was listening to, uh, I don't remember, listening to local radio today, and they were saying that Rodgers referenced a pass that far through to Amon Green in like 2005, and he recollected that during the play. <laughs> wow. That can't be, right? I mean, maybe it can, but that is unbelievable that you are able to process information so quickly on a play you didn't even play in. Bananas. I don't even have words for that, but that's what he said. Be cool I can't remember watch. I had for fucking breakfast this morning. <laughs> be cool to watch those two videos next side by side. Yeah. As director of social media, I feel like you should look that oh, up. come on. <laughs> and put those plays side I, by I wanna, side. I'll put a ticket into the IT department. That's, <laughs> okay. See if you can find that 2005 Peter. pass. Here's IT. I, 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 I tell you, with, with, with the amount of work you're being given, Todd, I think you need to talk to the director of HR if I were you. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to file a complaint. <laughs> you file a complaint with HR that you're being overworked and underpaid. Yep. By the way, I'm the director of HR, so look out. <laughs> Just talk to yourself <laughs> and then fire yourself for complaining and then hire yourself back because we don't have anyone else. Exactly. The other thing was Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was really good in this game. I know that you and I are not huge fans of Chris Collinsworth, but I will say that he says stuff sometimes and you're like, hmm, that was dead on. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with Devontae Adams. It has something to do with Lazard. So I'll switch back to Devontae Adams. First of all, they kept saying, oh, Jalen Johnson is locking down Devontae Adams. No, sir. <laughs> no, he is not. Yeah. The move that Adams made on him on the goal line where he faked that fade to the corner and then cut across the middle, you cannot cover a man when he does that. I've never seen anybody do that to that extent, go that far into a fake to get open, it was, I don't know, next level, even for Devontae Adams. It was I, th- great. I, think, I think it's that release that lots of people miss that makes him the number one receiver in the league. You know, yeah. there's, lots of great, there's lots of great route runners. Adams is one, is one of those. But it's ability to release from press coverage, man-to-man coverage, um, like he does at the line of scrimmage, I think is second to none. And, you, and you're right. You won't find many receivers if you go back and look at them that have got that level of ability to do that and the thing that collinsworth said about lazard is lazard dives down to block so many times oh yeah that when he does that and releases they're like wait where the fuck are you going like and that's great because lazard is more valuable because he does put his hands on guys and he's a great blocker so when he does release nobody thinks he's going into the pattern It'd be nice to see him get work. Like you said, Todd, like he, 
he was lost for a while. And if they can go back to him, especially with no Randall Cobb, yep. he's super valuable. Yeah, he does a lot of the dirty work, man. He's underrated. Very underrated player. 100%. And underpaid. That dude is making jack shit for money. <laughs> and I guess the other thing for me worth mentioning, because they don't get a lot of mentions, is was DeGuara and Mercedes Lewis. You know, both pulled out a number of receptions. I don't know the numbers, you know, in in the passing game and and, and big, big catches as well. They both made it important times of the game. So I think certainly worth a mention and nice to see the tight ends catching some balls. Yeah, Mercedes Lewis is like 724 years old. I know. He really, yeah, I think he had like four catches for 34 yards, something like that. You know, not pop off the page statistics, but you can count on that man to yeah. make a catch here and there. And Todd, you said it, DeGuara, he's versatile. And I think he he's his hands look pretty sure too. My only critique of him is like his he just needs to run and stop tiptoeing around so much. I mean, there was that one catch he had on the left sideline. I'm like, would you fucking run? They stutter like, steps on the like, sideline. Trying to get cute with it or whatever. Like, just fucking run, dude. You know? <sighs> and he did it again after that, I think. But he, he he does. I don't think he's a very good blocker. I don't think he's that versatile as far as like uh, to be on the line of scrimmage. I think he's a versatile receiver, but I, I think he's a, a bit of a liability on the line of scrimmage. He's more of a shield blocker, whereas Mercedes Lewis is going to punch you in your fucking face. You know, the Guara is just going to get in your way. Right. What I mean by that is coming out of the backfield, he can line up in about five different spots. Yeah. And beat you from those spots and be effective, whereas Mercedes Lewis can't do that. What else? Anything else good before we move on to the bad? AJ, AJ Dillon? Yeah. Uh, you, you can say the same about him almost every week. Around five yards per carry. Tough yards as always. Yards when you need to get them. You know, so when they needed to get the running game going, particularly in the, in the second half, AJ Dillon. And tough yards, uh, you know. No defense wants that coming at them, play after play after play. Again, really good, really good. Well, just one more thing about A.J. Dillon. You're running behind Yash Nyman, John Runyon, Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, and Dennis Kelly now in this game. Like you are down to number three left tackle, number two center, number two right tackle. Like you are, there's very, I mean, in Runyon was a, is a first year starter and Patrick played guard last year. So you got guys playing all over the place. You need AJ Dillon. You need him to push the pile because the, the holes aren't there right now. So the five yards of carry or whatever he had in this game is more impressive because he's making those yards rather than there being giant holes to run through. They should have ran Jones a bit more. He, had five, he only had five carries. I don't know what the deal was. I felt he, there was a couple that he was, I felt like he was about to break one. You know, he had a couple of those runs where he was like bouncing out, bouncing it to the outside and getting loose. I was like, man, you're coming I, to Jones. I, yeah, I thought the same thing. And then I, I just wonder, you know, and they're not talking about this, but I just wonder whether they're limiting his carries and his touches still yep. coming back from that injury. I, I don't know, but that's the only thing I could think yep. of. What about the bad, Todd? Offense. I MBS sucked in this game. Shocking. <laughs> Three catches, 20 yards. The pass he dropped in the end zone, I think at this point he should be making those. I, I felt that's a, that was still a catch that could have been made. I think it was in the left corner. 
when he went up and the, he had a defender on him, but still, I mean, I, th- I think he's got to come down with that, you know, and then he muffed the, the onside kick. I mean, he, I don't know. I don't know about that guy. And they, and they keep forcing him into like these trying to be a possession receiver. You know, he's not a possession receiver. He's not a slot receiver. He doesn't do any of those other functions. He is a deep threat, and you, you get what you get with him, and that is it. They tried it again in this game where they do that streak down the right sideline with him. You know, it was a few games ago where they kept going to it and kept going to it. They went to it again, and that, that passage is off. I don't know why they can't get on the same page, but I, either it's him or him and Rodgers, I, I don't think have ever really gelled together on, or, or been on the same page, so... I thought he had a bad game. I guess my bad is my is my ugly as well. And it's just the one thing, really. It's, it's the injury to Billy Turner. I guess we don't yet know what the situation is. I haven't heard an update today. The last thing the Packers needed was another injury on the offensive line. I don't know how that's all going to work out. If, if Bakhtiari comes back, whether that's this week or in a couple of weeks' time, if Turner can't play, can Josh Nyman play on the right side? If Nyman's pushed out there, what does that say about Dennis Kelly? I don't know, but I think it's just, you know, really, it was really disappointing. It was the one big disappointment for me out of that whole game was to see was to see Billy Turner, who hadn't missed a snap all season, go down with that injury. Go ahead, You Tom. saw the replay of it? That was ugly. That was real ugly. The, yeah. The replay of, of his knee getting folded like that. Oof. Yeah, they fell on the back of it and Ugh. twisted it, right? So there's two things going on there that could be a problem. If you're Matt LaFleur... That's your whole press conference now is talking about every injured dude that they have because there's so many of them. You know, he doesn't like to talk about it. So he's like, fuck this. We'll We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, like he don't know. He ain't the doctor. I don't know that there is anything really bad in this game. MVS has to be cut right after this season or not cut, but just not brought back. We've talked about it a billion, two times. What does he have? Maybe 20 catches for the year. 20, he's got to be in the 20s, I'm going to guess. I'm almost positive he's like around 20. Yes, he has. I'm looking at it right now. He has 44 targets, 20 catches. Man. You can get that out of anybody. Can you stretch the defense with a different guy? I think you can. It's something we'll talk about down the road. But, I mean, he's making almost two over $2 million this year to do what? Average under two catches per game. He's averaging like two catches in 20 yards a game. Not even. Yeah. So let's move on to the defense. I will go first with the good. Your guy, Todd, Eric Stokes, if it's not an elite guy across from him, that guy shut down. Yeah. Allen Robinson, I would say, is an above average receiver in this league. Two catches for 14 yards. Invisible, essentially. I think when Alexander comes back and takes that top guy, Stokes is going to smother and destroy whoever is on the other side 95% of the time. There are very few teams in this league who have two number ones, maybe the Rams, maybe the Bucks. I'm not scared of Mike Evans when Eric Stokes is covering him because he's that fast. Evans is not running away from Eric Stokes. No. Might he body him up a little bit? But my, anyway, my good... Eric Stokes was awesome in this game. And I think it's just a sign of things to come. Yeah, where, where to start? Um, I, I, I mean, I'll go with Rezul Douglas. It's kind of an obvious an obvious pick, but returned the interception for a touchdown. Could have had another one again, almost two or three plays later. And I saw a stat today. I think it was put out by the NFL or the Packers or somebody. I can't claim this one, but he's the first Packer player with consecutive games 
with an interception return for a touchdown since Herb Adderley in 1965. Wow. Wow. I think the story's great, isn't it? It's a bit like the Devondre Campbell story, the guy that's been around the league for a few years, but for whatever reason has never found a home. And he's he's just been fantastic for the Packers this year and um, just thought he was really, really good again, alongside Stokes that you've already mentioned when Alexander comes back. That looks special. And we're not even talking about Kevin King there either. Rizal Douglas, fantastic. You know, you mentioned King. I mean, when Alexander does come back, where where does that put King? You know, if you've got Stokes, Alexander, Douglas, where does that even – did King even suit up for this game? He did. He played like three or four snaps in this game. Really? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I, I saw him on the stat sheet. I was like, I didn't know he suited up. But There's your answer. He's right, gone. Yeah, I mean, He'll be yeah. on the roster, but he won't be in the game. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, do you think they're going to give full reps to Alexander when he comes back? Not at first, maybe. Probably not. You know, so they'll probably have a rotation of him, Stokes, Alexander. But without Alexander, he didn't play either. King didn't. That's interesting. I thought Smith had a good game. Preston Smith, two sacks. Yeah. I felt felt that he's that guy who just constantly has those, like, goes silent for a few games, and then he just comes back. And I I thought overall he, he had a very solid game. Yeah, he kind of filled the stat sheet again. A couple here, a couple there. Didn't he have a, he have a forced fumble in this game? Yeah, yeah. He, he forced yeah. the fumble that Gary recovered. I think. Yeah. I thought Gary's going to run that back for a touchdown. All right, give me a break. You know that fumble recovery counts as two sacks, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it should. <laughs> this will go, I don't want to say unnoticed, but Devondre Campbell had 16 tackles in this game. Dude's going to get paid. Whether it's with the Packers or not, he's going to get paid. Not a long-term deal, but a bigger money deal. And I heard the cap is going up. I know we don't talk about the cap very often, but I heard the cap's going up to like $208 million or something like that. $208. That's good news, but it's also the number that was pretty much expected. That's the oh, it was. NFL okay. and NFLPA talked about for a while. It's good news, but there's the ways to go. We'll have a lot to talk about in February. Yeah, we will. Can't wait. all right the bad defensively a lot of rushing yards 137 yards rushing they allowed to the bears and i feel like gary just had a bad game i mean yes aside from the the fumble recovery which was right there at his feet i don't know he had one tackle didn't really see a lot out of him you know he it's like a broken record i say it all the time but he is like that one move he just drives the offensive lineman straight back he doesn't have a lot of pocket presence either, like understanding how to collapse it and shed a blocker to get a clear shot at the quarterback or knock down a pass. Those are the things I think where he's he's just got to start to improve his game. I thought he was very quiet in this game, so I, I expected a lot more out of him. And it was Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins. It wasn't two elite tackles either in this game. Right. I mean, Jenkins – I don't know. We, we talk about like some of our guys being a bust, but he's really, he's struggled. He's had the back issues and he had about 18 penalties in this game. <laughs> seemed like every other play they were throwing a penalty flag on him. Peter, the bad for you. Yeah, pretty much the same as Todd. I mean, I, I never thought that, that the Bears offense was particularly potent, but you did feel like there was a big, it felt like there was a big play coming at any moment. And I don't know why I felt that way. And I guess the other thing to, to add to that was, 
the ability to contain the quarterback in the pocket. That's always going to be difficult, particularly with today's rules and when you've got a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields. But they could be playing Lamar Jackson next week. And if Lamar Jackson's fit, they better damn well contain him in the, in the pocket. So, yeah, just those, couple, just those couple of things for me. When you look at the 137 rushing yards, it was mostly Justin Fields. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not a negative because it is. You need against guys like Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, even Kyler Murray, who's really pretty quick with his feet, too. You need to collapse the pocket from the outside in and have someone coming up the middle at those guys because they run through that tackle guard gap that outside rushers leave. And if you don't have someone spying those guys, they're going to run. And Todd, I think it was you that talked about Justin Fields in the preseason. He doesn't look like he's running fast, but Kenny Clark was like, what the fuck? He's not, he just ran by Kenny Clark like eight times. I know. So fast. Lightning fast, man. Yeah, that was my thing too. If Lamar Jackson is even remotely healthy, we're going to struggle with him next week. And that's something I guess we can talk about when we preview the Ravens. The other thing I thought, well, and this is the ugly for me, if they run a fast guy out of the backfield, we don't have a clue what to do with those guys. Who was it? Jaheen Bird or something like that? Some yeah. no-name, yeah. like, defunct. I mean, he he's nobody. But they ran that little wheel route out of the backfield. Darnell Savage can do that. But most guys aren't going to be able to run with a guy like that out of the backfield. That feels like with the, if they get to this Super Bowl against the Chiefs, I feel like the Chiefs could do that all day long with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, a little scary. But that was the, the ugly for me is they can't cover guys out of the backfield. And they did a better job against the tight end, but they can't cover guys running out of there. Ugly for either one of you? I thought they let up a lot of big plays. That's not something we saw, we've saw. we seen out of this defense this year. Here and there, yes, but not like multiple lar- really big plays. I don't know if that was just a defensive breakdown or the, the wrong call, but they can't be doing that in this last stretch of the season. So Todd put in the notes, the special fucking teams. <laughs> so we will allow you to say your piece, Todd. About the special fucking teams. I feel like we could have just done the whole episode on the special fucking teams. I don't know where. I I think it's, I don't know. I'm sure there's worse, but it would have to get like an honorable mention in like the history of the NFL of one of the worst special teams performances ever. I don't know what data you would need to crunch to rank those, but God, it would have to be, be an honorable mention, right? It was that bad. The train went off the tracks and it just kept going. And just somehow kept moving. Yeah. It was like, when is this going to stop? You know, they allowed 259 uh, return yards. That's insane. The punt return. What a debacle that was. I mean, I put it on Twitter. I, I tried to break it down, you know, frame by frame. But that 97 yard return for it was the 10th longest in NFL history. Just a whole breakdown of that. Like if, like when I was watching it, and I shouldn't have been watching this on the recap, but I kept like kind of breaking it down frame by frame by frame. And you, and you see Burks down there with a clear shot at this guy. And I don't know if, yes, I, I get that they probably thought that Bajorquez was going to kick it out of the stadium, and he should have. But hell, I mean, trying to pin somebody down at the three where he caught it, that's not bad either. 
clear shot at Adam. The other person that was there was a long snapper was already down there. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is he doing there already? Where is everybody else? Or where's everybody else? But why is the, the long snapper right there, almost shoulder to shoulder with Burks? Shouldn't he be like containing and hanging back by Bjorkwes? That looked off to me. It's difficult to add much to that. I think the difficulty with this whole special teams thing, I think we talked about it earlier in the season, is that most weeks it's something different. Earlier in the season it was we couldn't return a kickoff, we couldn't return a punt. Then it was missing field goals and missing extra points and 12 men on the field or 10 men on the field and offsides on a kickoff, not lining up properly on a kickoff. And, And now we've got punt returns for touchdowns. We've got muffed punts. We've got the kickoff that was going out of bounds that, you know, was then fumbled out of bounds. What on earth was that all about? Fucking Taylor. <laughs> it's it's almost every play, no matter what special teams play it is, you expect, unfortunately, you expect something's going to happen, whether it's a penalty or or whatever. And I, it's difficult to know where to start. And it's, it's obviously difficult to, to know how to figure this out because they haven't figured it out. If you go through the aspects of special teams, kickoff, Dude almost broke a kickoff. It was about 45-yard kickoff return. Onside kick. We couldn't figure that out. Okay. Go to punts. Bajorquez, I was actually happy when he shanked that one out of bounds because that they couldn't return it for a touchdown. Right. Exactly. Like, Marcy texted me. She's like, is he supposed to do that? I'm like, I don't care. He didn't turn, <laughs> he, the dude didn't return it for a touchdown. That's a plus. Punt return touchdown. Okay, so that's kicking off and punts. Kickoff return, Malik Taylor, what in the actual fuck were you doing on that play? That ball is clearly going out of bounds. And even if it doesn't, it's going to go past the end line. You have no reason to try to catch that football. None. Mason Crosby also kicked one out of bounds. Yep. 56-yard wide football field. You can't keep it in play? What the hell? Then we have Amari Rogers fumbling a punt. And he's, that, we're lucky that, that the rules really, aren't what they are. That could that have dude, been real bad. Yeah. Only thing that went right was your boy, Todd. Mason what? Crosby was perfect in this game. Oh, come on. He was. Other than he, the he six first. He had a kick out of bounds. I'm talking about kicks. Right? How about the kickoffs? Terrible. He didn't, he didn't he didn't have one touchback. When your coverage team sucks ass, and they do, every single one of them, you need to bomb that thing through the fucking end zone, dude. Yes. He was just letting them return it. So, no, Crosby still sucks. And all of his kicks, I don't care if he made all of his fucking field goals and extra points. Yes, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> they look at the kicks when they go through the when they go through the upright. They are they are either at mid midway up or below or off to the side. They're pretty low. Not get a kick up and over into the higher part of the fucking pole. Fuck him. But he made them seven for seven. It went over. It counts. Yes. There's no style points. It's either through the uprights or not. I don't care if that thing is spinning like a helicopter. He's a goal for all the return yards on kickoffs too for not being able to fucking kick it out of the end zone, which he used to be able to, which leads me to believe it's all him and his leg strength is starting to fade. 
I can't argue Done. with that. Sorry, Marcy. He's gone up here in the season. <laughs> she did comment that she did stop listening when I said she should the other day. I can't imagine that there is what else could they have done? I mean, they could have missed field goals and extra points, right? That's the only thing they could have done to like round it out and be perfectly shit. I don't know what else. On the punt return, Taylor, if you, if you slow down, Taylor, you know, like all he's got to do is take the correct angle to the sideline and knock that little motherfucker out of bounds. And he didn't. And all it took was one step and that dude was gone. So. Yeah. Yep. Terrible. Peter I thoughts just, on the special teams. We didn't do the, the good. We went straight to the bad and the ugly on special teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was no good. <laughs> if you got any good, let's go. <laughs> Other than Mason Crosby making all of his kicks. I feel bad for Murray Drayton because I, I think that he's probably a really good football coach. I just don't get it. They're not going to make a change during the season, but there's no chance in hell he's going to be with the Packers next year. And, and, that, and that's unfortunate, I think. It's a it results-based league. You can't make it happen. Nope. You got to go. Someone else will be shitty in your place. Yep. Ty Summers, Burks, St. Turd, pack your shit. Get out. All those guys are three and four year four year pros on that punt return for a touchdown. Those all three Summers, I'm telling you, you got to go back and, and look at the recap. Summers is just coming down and just trips. He made no contact with anybody. He just fucking tripped. <laughs> you got to watch it on the ground. Burks whiffed. Summers tripped, and St. Brown is like fucking dancing with some dude, and he's right there. So real quickly, let's move on to next week's game. They play the Baltimore Ravens at Baltimore. One key for you, Peter, in this game. I mentioned one earlier. I'll give you another one. And that's that's they've got to cover Mark Andrews, the Baltimore tight end. Well, he's right up there. Let's say he's right up there with the George Kittles of this world in, in, in this year's NFL. Leads the Ravens in receptions. He's got nearly 1,000 yards receiving 75 catches, six touchdowns. Was dominant the past weekend against the Browns when it looked like nobody could cover him, even though that's a game the Ravens ended up losing. But the Packers have got to cover Mark Andrews. Else he'll end up with 14 catches for 150 yards if they're not careful. So that that's the key for me. Defense got to tighten up. The special teams got to get their shit together. I don't know what I mean. What what was the comment that Lafleur made? Something it wasn't like next man up, but I think you're going to see some people getting replaced by. Starters, unfortunately, because they just don't, those guys just aren't pulling their weight. So if they can't turn that around, I just don't know what this playoff run is going to look like. Special teams and the defense has got to, we got to get back to our old ways of, you know, where we were at earlier in the season, allowing these big plays. And it's just not good. It's not a good precedence going into the last half of the season. So defense and special teams got to get their act together. Special teams shouldn't be that difficult to fix. I think there's a couple of things, and you referred to it a little bit, Todd. Put a kicker on the roster that can kick the ball through the end zone. I don't care what else he does at this point. Because, yes, I know that there's only 53 men on the roster, and that really creates – you got to have everybody you need. You need a kicker that can blast it through the end zone at this point. Two, Bajorquez can just kick that ball into the end zone or kick it near the sideline 
and kick it out of bounds. I think those two things, I don't want to say they're easily solvable, but at least you could have a solution for them. And then your returns, you know, they don't have to tackle anybody. Now, I don't know what you do with kickoff returns and punt returns. I mean, who do you put back there? Amari Rogers scares the hell out of me being back yep. there. I, I don't think he, I think he's pretty much lost that responsibility. I can't imagine that he's going to, you're going to see him back there again. Yeah. You can't take that risk. Can you? That he's going to move up a punt? At least Taylor too. Next man up. I don't care who it is. Anybody is better than that. Go ahead, Peter. Oh, it makes you wonder whether there's still a guy out on the waiver wire somewhere. Like, like when they picked up Tyler Irvin a couple of years ago, was just hanging out there. You know, whether there's a guy hanging out there. Billy White Shoes Johnson's only 70, I think. He, he, <laughs> he might be available. But, you know, that's what they need, a Tyler Irvin type guy that they picked up two or three years ago, right late in the season. A couple of weeks ago, I would have said, just put a Randall Cobb back there to catch punts. Don't even do anything with it. Fair yeah. catch every punt and give it the ball to the offense. Because it's better than what we've seen. I don't care that you go six yards forward. Just catch it. But Randall Cobb also muffed the punt, and then he got hurt. So I don't know what the answer is. Peter, I'm with you on that. Go pick any dude off the shit heap that can catch a football and tell him to fair catch everything. No matter who plays quarterback for the Ravens, they got to contain that dude. They got to keep him in the pocket. I mean, I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be back. I thought I saw something with Harbaugh saying that he probably will be back. So, yeah. I was thinking of going to it. Yeah. It's not that far from here. Careful, brother. Yeah, I know. I was like, I was going to bring the kids, and I was like, "Mm, no. Body more, Murderland? Probably not, yeah. Probably not the best (laughs) stadium to to be a visitor at. So, Peter, let's go with a score prediction, sir. Well, I think think the Packers are going to win this game. 31-28. 31-28. Oh, close game. Ty? 28-10, Pack. 28-10? I don't see that Baltimore can score 28 points. I worry about Lamar Jackson being a run all over the place. And I do worry about Mark Andrews because I say it all the time, they don't cover the tight end well. And Mark Andrews is basically weapon number one. I will say... 28-17 Packers. All right. So thank you for listening to episode 67. Peter, I forgot the guy's name. Dellum, no. Hank Bullock. Jesus Christ. That's terrible. Go, Pack, go. Go, Pack, go. Go, Pack, go. Go, Pack, go.